Hey, good morning, church. How are we all? You beautiful people, you. It's, uh, isn't it fantastic Christmas? Don't you just love Christmas? I've got my mini-me here with me this morning. I've come all the way from Devon with my daughter and uh, my, grand, my granddaughter as well. So I'm excited. I love Christmas. I've always loved Christmas since I was a kid. And I can't wait for Santa to come. I don't know what, uh, what Santa's bringing, bringing you this year. But um, I'm waiting for a massive presence for myself from Santa. Now, there'll be those of you who may remember my last preach. Uh, it, was, it wasn't so long ago, and I entered the Guinness Book of Records for the shortest preach on record. It was about three minutes. I'm afraid it's going to be a little bit longer this time, but not much longer, I hope, anyway. So, isn't it good to be in church? I just want to bless you and just, uh, if I was just going to pray, just going to pray because I believe God wants to to bless you abundantly, exceedingly, above more than you can hope or dream. Because you're here this morning in his house and we're worshipping the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world and uh, we should be loud and proud, church. We need to be celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. We, we get twice a year, don't we, where we can really just shout it out and tell the world that this little baby boy that was born so that we may live. So we should be so jubilant about it and so excited about it and so passionate about it. And so, Heavenly Father, we give you all the glory, all the honor and all the praise, Father. We stand in awe of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I just pray this morning as we read your word, Father, and we, we, just, we just want to just love you, Father, because you first loved us. And so, Heavenly Father, for each heart here represented today, may your presence be apparent in us. May your love flow through us to one another. May we be so ever so grateful for that day when Christ was born in that stable, in humble surroundings, for me and for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well... I received a few weeks ago, uh, in fact, I say I received, me and Lorraine received a few weeks ago a very strange letter popped through our door. And I'd like to, to read it out to you. It was a letter from Australia. And um, it wasn't from a daughter who currently resides in Australia. It was from a chap called Mark Watson. Never met the guy, don't know the guy. Um, but it popped through our door a few weeks ago. 27th of November, actually, is dated. And it's headed Mark Watson, 645 Leslie Road, Leslie Vale, Tasmania, 7054, Australia. 27th of November 2018. Dear Hughes family, my name is Mark Watson and I live near Hobart in Tasmania. Now this may seem like an odd request. But 40 years ago, I did a foundation course in art at Leicester Polytechnic. Now, we knew as soon as he said Leicester Polytechnic, it weren't for me. Where I went out for some time with a lovely young woman called Leslie Hughes. Sadly, we lost touch at the end of the course in 1978. I went on to study in Bristol 
and in 1981 emigrated to Australia. I have recently been in touch with two old friends from that time at Leicester Poly, and it got me wondering again, what became of Leslie? I have wondered many times over the years, but I've never had any way of contacting her. I've no idea where Leslie is now, but her home address at the time was in Gainsborough Road, Warrington. Not sure what number, and I can't remember her parents' name. Will you shut up, my granddaughter? I'm trying to speak at you. Um, I wonder if you are related to that Hughes family. And if so, do you know where Leslie now is? Leslie was born in 1958-59, so we'll be 59 to 60 now. I'm sending this to some of the people in the Warrington phone book with the name Hughes in the hope that someone will be a relation and will know Leslie or her family. There are about 40 Hugheses listed in Warrington. <laughs> 40 years is a very long time, but I would love to get in touch with Leslie. If you know her or can contact her, Sorry, if you know her and can contact her, could you let me know about my desire to contact her and pass on my email address? It would be great to catch up after all these years. I have very fond memories of Leslie from that time. If you have any questions about this, I can be contacted by email. Now, unless my wife's changed her name to Leslie by deed poll, I haven't got a clue who this Leslie is. But it got me thinking, this letter. Uh, and without trying to be judgmental, it got me thinking that it seemed to me that this chappy who 40 years ago had, had a, obviously had a relationship with a lady at, uh, at uh, a university, it seemed to me that for 40 years, he didn't seem to be able to let go of his past. He yearned for something which was 40 years ago. He couldn't let go. And even if he finds her, what's going to happen? She might be married. She might have children. She might have grandchildren. She might not even be here. She may have passed away. And it got me thinking that the world is searching for something. We're all searching in one degree or another for something. And in Matthew chapter 2, we're going to read, if we got it up there, Trace or Dave, Matthew chapter 2, we're going to find some men that we've already heard about this morning who were searching So in Matthew chapter 2, this is our Derek. The Magi visit the Messiah. After Jesus was born in Judea, during the time of Herod, Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. 
and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where sorry, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may too go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped at the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So we have Herod who tells the, the Magi, go make a careful search for the child. And so off they went. And because God was in it, because God was in it, and because it had been spoken about many years previously, they found what they were looking for. My question to you this morning is, what are you searching for? What am I searching for? How long have you been searching? Have you been searching 40 years like this guy who's been trying to find this lady friend for 40 years. You may have been searching for a few minutes. You may have come into this room this morning and decided, I need Jesus. You may have been searching for 30, 40, 50 years and still not found what you're looking for. You see, because everybody's searching for something, And often, you know, we find, or I've found in my lifetime, that when I've been searching, it's because at some point I've started off in a bit of a mess. Have you ever been in a mess? I think if I can recount through my life the messes I've been in, I've been in lots of small messes. I still get in lots of small messes today. But if I can think back, I think there's probably been two occasions in my life when I've made a right big pig's earache of it. A right big mess of it. And I'm going to give you one instance. And this is quite personal. I ran it by my wife before I came out this morning. I had to. A number of years ago, me and my wife have been married for 20 25, 26, is it? 25. 25 years. Yeah, 25 years. 20, 25 years. Has it been a roller coaster of a ride? Has it been fantastic? Has it been, 
Has it been tough? Has it been challenging? Has it been blessed? I think all of them. But there was one particular season in our marriage where it just wasn't going well. Oh, the room's gone quiet. Maybe you can relate to that. It just wasn't going well. And uh, as is usually the case, it was my fault. Or so I admitted. Because you always have to admit you're wrong even when you write to your wives, don't you? Just to keep the peace. Is, that, is it just me? I don't know, anyway. But we'd gone through a season whereby we just couldn't get on. We just couldn't get on. We just argued about everything. We couldn't agree on anything. Our children were pretty young. I don't even know if our Rachel would remember this. Our children were young and we'd come to a point in our marriage where we said, you know what? Let's go our separate ways. And I can remember it quite clearly. On a Sunday it was. Lorraine got the bin bags and tipped them out. No, she didn't get the bin bags and tipped them out the door. I got my, my, my suitcase and I left the family home and I went to my mum and dad's. Back to my mum and dad's. It was a Sunday. Leaving behind a wife and two children. We were in a total and utter mess. And then on the Sunday, the Sunday afternoon, I had left in the morning. On the Sunday afternoon, I was sat at my mum and dad's house feeling sorry for myself. And uh, my father got a phone call. And the phone call went something like this. Lorraine doesn't want to speak to you. But she wants you to know her father's just died. And so, she said, I don't really want you back home. Well, the kids need you. The kids are in turmoil. The kids are in a mess. I'm in a mess. And so, I got my bag, and I went back home. And I stayed on the couch for about two weeks. And I firmly believe, even to this day, that God took Lorraine's father to save our marriage. Because we were both adamant that our marriage was finished. Because we get ourselves in a right mess sometimes, don't we? But the great news is this, brothers and sisters. I want to point you to somebody that can turn your mess into something memorable. I want to point you to somebody that can turn my mess into something majestic and your mess into something majestic. And that somebody is coming up on the screen now. 
and you will see that the first four letters, what does it say? Mess. This Messiah came to clean up our mess. This Messiah came to reconcile this mess. This Messiah came to forgive me of my sins. This Messiah came that I would have life and life in all its fullness. This Messiah came that you too, even today, whatever circumstances, whatever your mess, he can grab hold of it and he can make it clean. You might have messes in your marriage, as I've had before. You might have messes in your finances. You might have messes in your health. You might have a mess in your job. You might be in a mess in your relationship with Jesus Christ. But I want to point you to that Messiah who was born. And he was born in messy circumstances as we've already seen. I want to point you to him who is able to change your mess and my mess in an instant and to give us hope and to give us a future. You see, there are people in here this morning who are clinging on to your past. There's people in here this morning that are searching. And you're searching for the wrong thing. Because the reality is, is that you were born so that you would search for the one who created you. And my promise this morning is that you will find him. And even this morning, it says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Who are you drawing near to today as you remember the birth of Jesus? Are you drawing near to people whilst it's good to be in relationship and to have fellowship with people? Who is the first in your life and my life? I want to speak to you very briefly. We'll wrap it up very shortly, actually. So if the band are coming up, I said it would be short. I want to speak to you very briefly about a, a guy who made a right pig's ear lake of it in Scripture. His name was Peter. And we find in Peter, in, in Matthew... Chapter 16... I'm just going to read from 13 to 18. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do the Son of Man, who, who, sorry, who, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? 
Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Here's a guy who three times went on to reject Jesus. Three times. He said, no, I don't know this guy. Never heard of him. What? Jesus? Never met him. Three times. And yet Jesus forgave him. Jesus said, you're going to be the one that I build my church upon. This is the guy who made a mess of it. A total mess. He was a liar. He'd been with Jesus for a few years and he still was a liar. He made a total and utter mess of it. Just like I've made a mess of so many things. Who do you say he is this morning, church? Who do you say he is? Do you say, oh, he's, he's an half-decent man, that guy. He's the one that, you know, that the Christians go and celebrate every Christmas and forget about for the rest of the year. He's the one that, uh, you know, there seems to have been some miracles in the Bible. Don't believe him, like, but could be something in it. Could not be. Who do you say he is this morning, church? Do you declare him as Lord and Savior and as Messiah? Who do I say he is this morning? It wasn't revealed to him by flesh and blood, but it was revealed to him by his Father in heaven. Are you ready to be revealed to this morning? Because that's what Jesus came for, to save his people from their sins. Lastly, I've got another letter. says this to Hope Church to those that know me remain in me because your salvation is nearer than when you first believed so God is saying that if you know him already this morning remain in him and he will remain in you because your salvation is nearer than when you first believed. That means it's coming. It's getting closer. And he, he also writes, to those who do not know me, 
those who really don't know me, those who've heard of me, those who admire me, those who want to know me but really don't have a relationship with me. He's saying to you this morning in his letter to you, I want to know you. But you say to him, are you real? Are you real, God? Did you really send your son, Jesus Christ, to be born in a stable, to be the saviour of the world? And God says, look at the evidence all around you. Look at my people whose faces radiate my love. Can you not see? Do you not perceive it? Is there anybody in Hope Church that you can go, there's something about that person and I want what they've got? But you say, well, God, what about my shame? What about my guilt? What about my past? They're ever before me. I'm, I'm always reminded of them and, and, and I don't... I can't shake it off. God says, I know your secrets. I know what's, I know every little bit about you. There's nothing I don't know about you because I created you. Every little secret that you've got in that compartment of yours, in that brain, that you don't want anybody else to know, I know it. But then, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. Why would I want anybody else to know what you don't need to tell anybody else? If you will just confess and repent, your sins are already forgiven. The slate is wiped clean. Your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. God says, confess and repent. Follow me. And you will have treasure in heaven this morning and eternal life. God says, it's all because I love you. And then he signs it off. Yours lovingly, Jesus. morning if you're still hanging on to 30, 40 years of desire 30, 40 years of hurt 30, 40 years of rejection however many years it might be it might be this morning that you're lonely at Christmas time it might be this morning that you've got nobody else it might be that your, your family have deserted you. 
It might be that you won't get to see your family this Christmas. It might be that you need to know the love of Jesus. It might just be that today is the day when your searching ends and that you find the Messiah. And that Messiah is the one who takes your mess and my mess. He's the one that was born and died and rose again and is now sat at the right hand of the Father. And he wants to be in relationship with you. It doesn't mean to say that I don't mess anymore. Of course I do. You ask my wife, she'll tell you I mess every day. But what it does mean is that I've got a clear conscience, wiped clean, forgiven, restored. And this morning, I just want to point you to that Messiah. Point you to the Messiah. Just ask him. Just ask him. That's all you have to do. Confess, repent, and the Bible says be baptized. You can leave that mess behind. You can leave that past behind. You can leave that longing behind for things that are not of God. The world's in a mess. You have to look at Brexit. What a mess. But Jesus says, let me get hold of that mess of yours. Let me take that mess of yours and I'll make that mess into something beautiful. I'll wipe the slate clean. And come on, come on, Tony, let's start again. What, 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 what? That's 50 chances you've had, Tony. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That, well, that's one chance you've had. Doesn't matter. I forgive you. Turn and follow me. And you will have treasure in heaven for the rest of your days into eternity. We worship this morning the Messiah. We praise this morning the Messiah. We glorify this morning the Messiah. Church, we're going to sing. And I want you to sing like you've never sang before. Because it's Christmas and you can. You can. There's places in the world today where you can't do this. We need to be jubilant. We need to be passionate. We need to be thankful. And all these things. So sing like you've never sang before. Praise like you've never praised before. Worship like you've never worshipped before. We serve a great God, don't we? Oh, come on, church. We serve a great God, don't we? Amen. 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 Bless you.